This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly editor-in-chief of Green Living Ideas. And today I have with me Keely Walks, who is the Environmental Communications Manager for PG&E. Keely, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. Well, so PG&E, for those who don't live in California, it's our uh, utility company. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've had a real uh, epiphany, I think, about PG&E myself uh, lately because I think I came from a, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that get a little cynical about power companies. Um, <laughs> you know, for, but there's been, uh, you know, Enron and things like this have uh, certainly cast a pall, but, uh, you know, my wife has been sort of riding me for the last year saying, you know, she grew up in the Sacramento area and she's like, you know, PG&E does a lot of good things. And I'm like, they're going to have to prove it to me. <laughs> so we ended up, we actually got solar on, on our roof about, I think it was about four months, three months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And we got in in the old program. And uh, for those outside of California who won't know what I'm talking about, there's been two different programs, which is actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today. But um, anyway, just I've really gotten uh, aware of a lot of the things that you guys are doing. And I guess part of me is really, uh, really excited about uh, the programs and the things I'm seeing PG&E do. And the other part of me is really confused about why PG&E does it. It's good sure. stuff. It's kind of like, well, what, what incentive do you guys have for doing these things? So that's another, again, sure. part of what I'd like to ask you about. But maybe we should just take a, we'll take a step back first and, and just, um, you know, maybe the preamble to this is to say that, you know, California leads the nation. And because power is such a huge part of, I mean, you know, the economy and uh, in terms of, you know, sustainable living in the planet, you know, it's, it's such obviously a, a major factor for that, that it's important for California and it's, you know, utility company to lead, and it seems like that's what PG&E is doing. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your role there and, and how you see PG&E being a leader? Sure. Uh, well, uh, let me start with PG&E, because I think, uh, you know, without defining what we're doing as a company, uh, my role might become um, uh, less important. Sure. Okay. So as a company, uh, PG&E um, has a goal. Uh, it's, a, it's a bold ambition, and that is to become the leading utility in the United States. Um, and, 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 that's, and that's obviously a tough, a tough goal to measure. But the way we're, we're measuring it as a company uh, is, is based on, on the impact that we have on our customers' lives. And we realize that the environment um, is the number one issue for our customers. Our customers range from northern Santa Barbara County, uh, which is in central California, all the way up to the Oregon border. Uh, and that's from the Pacific Ocean all the way, down, you know, all the way east to over the Sierras. It's a massive area, but resoundingly, the number one issue uh, for them is is the environment, um, and we're, we're we're very proud to share that value with them. So our goal is to become um, is to is to continue uh, our environmental leadership. Um, this is something that, as a company, we've 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 been at the forefront of when it comes to energy efficiency and clean energy, um, and now we're looking at more innovative ways of addressing climate change. 
I think we've all we've all realized that uh, climate change is is not not just real, right? But it's probably um, created by by human activity. And, and well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, especially in an environment where, you know, I mean, you would think that everybody thinks that, but actually there's, you know, apparently NASA engineers who don't. So, you know, it's good to hear you, it is good to hear you say that. And it's shocking when you hear people uh, skept- that are skeptical of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of pretty hard core science. Um, you know, it's, uh, and there are folks that still honestly believe that it's not an issue. And, you know, for us as a company, uh, and our leaders, you know, um, we came at this at this conclusion in, in a very scientific way ourselves. We, our, our CEO Peter Darby, um, came on board in 2005, and he kept fielding. He he was our C- CFO before, and he kept fielding questions from officers and customers and policymakers, saying, "Well, what's PG&E's take on on climate change?" You know, and being being a CFO, he 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 was honest with himself and said, "I I really don't have an answer to that." You know, but it's something I, I'd like to have an answer to. So he brought in all the leading thinkers on both sides of the debate, uh, both contrarians um, and, and policymakers, scientists, etc., to really explore. And it was resoundingly, uh, it became very obvious to him and the other officers within our organization that, again, it's real, it's, it's probably caused by human activity. And I think the most important um, conclusion coming out of those meetings were that the time for action is now. Um, and as a utility, we realize that we have a huge responsibility to address it, and, and, we're, and we're trying to do so. Okay. So uh, I'm curious about now, the, my interface into that world is really with the solar, and I imagine, you know, with, with Governor Schwarzenegger's, and here in California, Governor, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger has this, you know, million solar roofs yeah. program. And that also, I think, believes, I believe that that ties into this new California solar initiative. Correct. And I understand for, you know, we, we do have a nationwide audience and really international because it's a website. And, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, even for those outside of California, this is really important to hear because, again, these are the things that you should be asking your you know, power company, your utility company to be doing if they're not, and, and something that's kind of scrutiny that needs sure. to be held up. So I think it's a worthwhile conversation, especially as it regards solar, uh, because that's something that does uh, apply to, to, you know, a, a good deal of the country, not all of the country. Mm-hmm. So on that, um, there has been a transition with solar, it seems, where we previously had this um, CEC-based program, the California Energy Commission. Yeah. And that seemed to have been a very straightforward program where it was sort of just like you get a flat amount, just put solar, it's a good deed, put it on your roof, and bam, you get a really healthy, this is what we've benefited from for a long time, uh, from this, this strong incentive, this financial incentive that, that uh, PG&E was providing, and I assume it was with, in conjunction with the state uh, government, mm-hmm. to, to provide a financial incentive to people to put, just to put solar on their homes. And I, I, I'm saddened that more people didn't take advantage of that program, because it was quite good. Now, well, a lot of people did. <laughs> they, well, a lot of people did, and, and, and uh, you know, but I'm just saying, like, from a sort of, you know, driving down the street perspective of how many I, you know, I see on the homes, I think that the reason I say that is as somebody who got in just under the wire with that program, I realize now that it's in its simplicity and so forth. But, but I may be wrong on this assertion. I'm, I'm wondering, really, it's a, I'm going to pose it as a question, is the new program really as financially um, uh, beneficial to the, the consumer, and if so, why? It's more so. Okay. It's a, an extremely robust program. What we're talking about is the California Solar Initiative. As a Californian, we should all be extremely proud of this program. It's the most robust. Um, it's the largest. It's the most extensive um, solar program in the history of, uh, of the United States. Um, it's valued at $2.1 billion that our customers uh, in California will be receiving. 
PG&E, as an administrator of that, will be have the potential to give close to $950 million in rebates. Now, the CSI has evolved from which was originally the, the self-generation incentive program. Right. Under the self-generation incentive program, PG&E gave out $185 million in rebates. That's a, that's a lot. And we're proud to say that we're the leading utility, uh, solar utility in the nation because we've helped over 16,000 of our customers sign up and interconnect uh, to solar. We think the CSI is going to blow by that in, in ways that, are, that, are, that, that right now we can't even possibly understand. I mean, if you look at just the finances alone, uh, the amount is, is upwards of 400% more. So now we understand that some installers, especially small installers, are having a harder time or, or there are some challenges for them with getting uh, the rebates to their customers. Okay, now that, I'm glad you said that. I don't mean to cut you off, but no. I, I was just on the phone with one of a, one of a good friend of mine. Uh, our our children go to school together. He's right. a solar installer, yeah. small solar installer, yeah. sort of a one man shop. Yeah. Really, really good. But he's the one who's kind of scratching his head, going, "Can you can you ask these guys if this is really you know how this?" He's not sure. saying he hasn't really. He's confused, and he's yeah. just kind of making the transition, probably along with a lot of other people. So this is perfect, and I'll, I'll let you continue. I just thought that was very. Interesting that you said that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up. And, and to your friend and to his friends in the solar, in the installer community, um, you know, if you could pass a message on to, to them, it's that you know we do care tremendously about them. We we value them, and that um, we understand that there are some challenges. We understand that because this is such a robust program, that there are more uh, paperwork requirements for them. And we're trying, to, and we are working with solar advocates and the legislative bodies and the, and the California Public Utilities Commission to reduce that load for them. Um, we've also uh, started creating training programs for them. Um, for instance, on, on June 4th, we hosted a solar metering and performance monitoring expo just for installers. So we're trying to create um, programs that could help them achieve their goals because we care deeply about, oh, about their success because we know that their success is going to mean uh, success for our customers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's, I'm sure he'll, he'll, be, he'll be glad to hear that. I think, I think what... Um, Probably the the biggest point of confusion is right now. It's just I think it's true of any program change where you're used to doing things a certain way, filling out certain forms, and it changes. And just nature of the beast in, in making the bureaucratic you know change, even though even if it's better, it's just change is painful, right? Always. Right. So I think that's just a transitional period that I'm sure. And he and he knew that. In fact, actually, he went to your website while I was on the phone with him, uh-huh. and and he said, Oh wow, I didn't even I didn't even know about this. This wasn't on there a couple months ago. So yeah. as far as the solar page you've got, so. Yeah. I, he, he's, you know, I think he, he's, you know, still on board and everything. Just it's awareness of, of the changes. There were, I was curious though on the. Now I know that the, we've gone from, you know, this sort of flat scenario to a performance-based initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's one performance-based initiative that's like over 100,000, but then there's the basic one, which is the EPBB. And that's, uh, I'm trying to remember what that stands for. But it's, it's, it's performance-based as well. And it's a qualifier that basically says what you're going to get as an incentive or a rebate is going to be based on what the expected performance of your system is, your solar PV system. Exactly. Right. So, and that's good for our customers. Right. I mean, ultimately, we want them to be making investments into solar mm-hmm. that they're going to maximize their 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 uh, energy potential on. Sure. We don't want them putting in um, putting in installations that uh, that are overpromised in terms of power, uh, and they're never going to achieve or experience those benefits. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think having a performance base is a benefit to them in the long run. Well, and it's certainly true because, you know, and that's the first question is, and I, I think, you know, I was talking with a car company that shall remain nameless about, you know, they were, they were really saying Mia Culpa on the idea that they forgot that with, you know, this was with hybrid cars is that the, you know, that, that performance at the end of the day is what really pulls, makes people's wallets come out. I mean, I'd like to, you know, we'd all like to think that everybody would just do it for the good of the planet, but really it has to be, you know, also financially it makes sense. And well, that's so, what's so cool about this is it's both. It's both. You know, I mean, that's why we're saying, hey, let's, you know, if there's anything I can leave your, you know, your listeners with, it's the idea that PG&E is 100% committed to this thing uh, because it's great for our customers. And, and, you know, and that's our business. You know, we were, we're trying to provide our customers with choice um, and, and reliable and clean energy in an affordable way. And so um, solar, it, it, as it becomes more widely um, adopted, the prices are going to come down, and it's going to be a good thing for our customers. Yeah, definitely. And, as I mean, we're, we're already seeing the cost of the, the panels come down. Well, actually, that's not true. We, we Generally, we've seen them come down. Recently, there's been a price spike, but that's market fluctuation. Ho- hopefully, they'll, they'll continue to come back down again with these new technologies. I, I think that, you know, it's naturally got to happen. Uh, and I've been talking to another uh, number of solar manufacturers myself, um, you know, uh, that, that are that are reaffirming that, so I, I feel pretty confident in that myself. And and then the other thing that I think is really important is that um, we're also seeing uh, efficiency gains in solar panels. So the technology is getting better, and the price is coming down in general. Right. Those are the two trends. Right. And, like and for us, our generation per per square foot. And exactly. Such. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, the ability to um, you know. Uh, convert the sun's rays into energy. I mean, that's, that's what this is all about. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. So, so would, you say, would, would you say that it, with somebody in an ideal circumstance, and I'm just trying to compare before and after for anybody who is involved with this installer or consumer, our, our primary target audience is going to be consumers looking to go green. So for somebody who's in California and they're looking to um, implement solar, if they're in a, sort of an ideal situation where they have, for example, uh, you know, a southern-facing uh, southern uh-huh. roof that's got, you know, it's a 6 and 12 roof, and they're going to get optimal optimal uh, sun exposure uh, in, in sunny old California, um, would, would they expect to have pretty much close to the same uh, in, in rebate that they would have had under the old program? Yeah, it, it is my belief. I mean, uh, it is my understanding that that is the case. The thing, the thing that we all need to realize is that under the CSI, there is a tiered structure. So uh, the incentive is for people to um, apply and get the rebates as quickly as possible, right? I mean, it's front-loaded in the sense that uh, the first group to apply and, and get approved are going to get the highest amount of rebates. Um, I think it's 250 a kilowatt hour off the top of my head. And then those rebates drop as the tiers come down based on you know, total kilowatts. So um, it really, you know, to answer that question, it really depends on when they apply. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, th- that is the case. Okay. Well, and I want to point out, too, that I, you know, really, you guys, I, a lot of times I ask, well, all, all the time I ask uh, people who are on the show about what they're doing in terms of education, but I'm actually going to offer this uh, proactively to our listeners that PG&E has a really almost, almost just overwhelming uh, site, of comprehensive information on solar. I mean, everything from just what is solar, how does it work, mm-hmm. to the specifics of actually walking you through, taking the forms and all that. So I want to applaud you guys for, for really building a great educational 
original site um, within your site on solar. So you used it as you developed your own solar system? Uh, we did, and, and okay. you know, my, I was actually, you know, I was making the, the behind-the-scenes decisions, and I was <laughs> pretty involved. My wife actually really uh, was able to go through the whole thing and then sort of give me the News at 10 version at the time because I was pretty busy with actually this business and, and launching it. And right. so, but, um, you know, I was, I was very involved, and we, we both go out and check the meter, and, hey, cool, and a high five, <laughs> you know, how much we generated that day and, and all of that. Right but, on. Uh, That's great. But, but it's been a really great uh, process for us to go through. Um, and, you know, the, the end of the day, what happened was between the energy audit and the efficiencies we got from that, which mm-hmm. is another thing that people really need to know is start with the energy audit, just like you guys say on the site. And that's, again, part of the robustness of this program. So, the, you know, the, the, the program that preceded the California Solar Initiative, it wasn't mandatory for people to do, our customers to do a, a, an energy audit. Um, and we think that the energy, I mean, clearly the energy audit is the most important thing because solar is, is very vital, but uh, what we're really trying to do is, re- you know, reduce energy use. I mean, energy efficiency is a really, is a low-hanging fruit. It's like having $100 on the sidewalk, you know. Yeah. If you're not implementing energy efficiency programs, you're literally wasting wasting money. Right. Don't and use, you're don't, harming the environment. That's right. And don't, so don't use, and this is the thing, is as much of a solar proponent and alternative energy proponent as I am, it's, it's you know, it's much more, and even my solar installer said this, it's much more important to do the energy audit and, and, and implement efficiencies before you think about any kind of alternative energy because that's the most important thing is otherwise you're just throwing a solution at a problem that's still there. Um, and we, we did that just anecdotally, uh, you know, we did that. We, we wrapped it between the business uh, that we run in our home and so forth. We run a business out of our home. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we were generating well over, which in California, over $900. People in the other areas of the country are going to be like, oh, that's like Al Gore. <laughs> it's not quite, but we were, we were pretty high up there because we were running servers 24-7 yeah. and that kind oh, of yeah. thing. But, yeah, data centers are... Yeah, really they, huge energy. Stuff. They suck energy, yeah. and but but I have to say that we we implemented all these efficiencies in how we did the cooling with the air conditioning and, and these other things. We were we were already living in the dark, like we were really taking it on the chin, yeah. you know. But we're still getting these huge bills, and so once we did that, I think that that was probably a couple hundred dollars a month right there, and then the rest of it, solar, we're actually at a net zero right now. Um, so we're actually in some some months we're actually feeding the grid. Oh, that's great! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, so that's like almost a thousand bucks a month, which yeah. we're not upset about. And that also made our ROI really good. Now, it may be an extreme case, but, but really I attribute a lot of it to the energy efficiency side of it um, because we wouldn't be in that same situation if we hadn't done that. I mean, it could be as much as $300 a month. I wouldn't be surprised. It would shock your listeners to know that we're also very excited for you. Well, good. Well, you know, and, that, and, that, and so I, I'm going to take that on face value. So you're basically telling me that it's just because you're just saying that it's because PG&E cares because their customers are very concerned about this, and that's the reason? Is that, I mean... First, if, if I said that, I'd, it'd be disingenuous, and it would be uh, incredible. Um, <laughs> that's not the only reason why we're excited for you. Um, Is it distributed generation of the grid, of like putting power and being generated on different points of the grid, being sort of a more healthy energy distribution? Well, I think, I, I think the starting point on all of this, okay, is to understand how, you know, how PG&E exists as a business. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bore your listeners uh, with a mundane lecture on California's regulatory environment, <laughs> but I, I'll say this much, okay? Um, PG&E does not make more money by selling you more energy, okay? Okay. PG&E, okay, under California's decoupling laws, actually has the incentive to sell you less energy. Huh. 
Okay, so so basically, there's a financial incentive for PG&E to help its customers save money, save energy. Exactly. Okay. Well, now that explains it because you know, and there's nothing wrong with making money. It's the foundation of this this country and right. a capitalist society. And so, uh, but but it's um, I think it's puzzling to people why you know, why is PG&E? So I mean, that's the kind of answer that uh, is helpful to get. And and, and listen, uh, here's the thing. I mean, we're going around and, and to ask to kind of get back to your first question about well, why is PG&E? What are we doing? You know, we've gone around the country talking about California's decoupling laws and what they've done for for you, me, our state. Um, just to give you a couple data points on this, mm-hmm. in the last 30 years since these policies have been implemented, California, um, uh, because of decoupling, has helped prevent um, the building of 25 new power plants. Okay. Okay. from coming online. Mm-hmm. PG&E alone, we've saved our customers near, nearly $10 billion in energy efficiency programs. We've also helped our customers prevent the emission uh, of over, um, over 125 million tons of carbon emissions, uh, or greenhouse gas emissions. So if you think about that, okay, that's just one state. Yes, we're a big state. But if you multiply that out by all the different states in the U.S., we're really just scratching the surface on what can be done. So we're going around the country and lobbying um, and educating and talking about why decoupling is a good thing for everybody, mm-hmm. not just the utilities, but our customers, the environment, um, and the state. Um, and, you know, anyone who says that, well, that's come at a cost to California's economy, I, I, I beg to differ. I mean, I can't think of a state that's had better economic growth. And we have, better, we have a 400% increase on um, economic output per kilowatt hour than any other state in, in the country. Yeah, well, no, we are luckily doing, doing quite well. As so, state, so it's one of those things where um, everyone is winning under this, under this scenario and, and, and it's something that has to happen nationally. Okay, so now I'm curious. I'm glad to hear that. So you guys are on the road and, and I'm... Uh, you know, ostensibly pitching these other power companies yeah. that are out there. How are they responding? There's mix. Um, we've had very, we've had a lot of success in, in New York. They've ad- adopted decoupling. Uh, Idaho and New Jersey are starting to look at it. And I, you know, and PG&E can't take all the credit on this. You know, we're the case study. We're the role model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, there are some environmental leaders out there, like the NRDC. There's a gentleman by the name of Ralph Cavana who's been out there. Um, our Cal- the California Public Utilities Commission, uh, great leaders there, regulators with a lot of foresight. Uh, Mike Peavy, who's the pre- Michael Peavy, the president of the CPC. Here's a gentleman who's out there also doing this, uh, and it, it's starting to pay dividends. Great. Well, that's good to hear. So, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today about uh, this, you know, alternative energy, solar, what PG&E is doing, or anything else? Well, yeah. I mean, the one other thing I'd like to talk about is, is um, you know, renewable energies aren't just distributive, right? So, it's not just on your home or on your business. There are many other investments that PG&E is making on your behalf. Currently, our energy mix is over uh, 50% non-carbon emitting. Uh, I, I, and this gets to your point about your wife saying, well, PG&E is doing quite a lot of great things out there, and this is one example. Um, and so uh, what, I want, what I want your listeners to know is that PG&E is out there, and we're uncovering every possible opportunity to invest in renewable energy on your behalf. Um, and so uh, with, your, with your effort on energy efficiency, our efforts bringing more clean energy online, um, we think we can do great things. And if there's one last thing I could, I could just plug on, on the show, um, on next Thursday, um, June 28th, we're going to be launching a new, new state, uh, a new one of, a first of its kind program called Climate Smart. And Climate Smart is a voluntary um, carbon emission reduction program that we're offering our customers. So 
in addition to our clean energy, in addition to your energy efficiency uh, efforts, there's probably still going to be a little bit of your energy that still has a carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. So we're offering um, our customers a voluntary program where they can pay money to offset their carbon footprint from their energy use. Okay, and now I'm curious about because you know carbon offsets get mixed uh, reviews. Oh, they they certainly do because <laughs> it's it's been compared in some cases to medieval indulgences, you know, from yeah. the church and things like that to pay for sin. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I think so. I think it comes down to it's almost like donating to a charity in a sense of where following where the money goes, the devil's in the details, as it were. So, sure. how, how where does that money go and how does it get spent? Well, it's all about how you design the program, right? Right. And uh, we've got the best best minds in the business over here figuring that out on behalf of our customers. So we've designed this program to be transparent, accountable, and to really offset people's carbon like we say we're going to. Um, and the way we've done so is um, we are only, if we're going to be investing the money that, you, that, that, that our customers uh, pay for this program. PG&E is going to be investing in projects only in California, okay? okay. But those projects are, are, are only going to be those projects which meet strict criteria and protocols that have been set up by the California Climate Action Registry which is the de facto um, uh, protocol developer uh, in, in our country right now. It's the only one. So we're not out there saying, oh, we're just going to invest in XYZ projects because we think it might have an impact. We're saying these are projects that have already been certified um, based on very, very stringent standards and protocols. And they, they're going to be California-based projects. So not only are we going to be offsetting um, our customers' carbon footprint, but we're also going to have other environmental co-benefits. So, for example, if we were to invest in a forest up in Humboldt um, or Mendocino, you'll see that protecting the forest, you know, conserving the forest from from being to be felled uh, will not only impact the carbon offsets, but we're also going to be protecting the, the natural heritage and the habitat that exists in those areas. So we want our customers like you to be able to go with your, with your wife and your, and your children to go up to those forests and be able to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, because we live in such a beautiful place, it's, it's, you know, it's something we have to protect. Yeah. Well, good. Well, that's all really great information. So the, sure. the website for that is, is climatesmart.com. Is that right? I'm guessing. It's uh, www.pge.com. Okay forward slash climate smart. Got it. And, and we're going to be hosting a roundtable on it um, on the 28th. And, and if you want to come and podcast and, and tape it, you're more than welcome to. We're going to have some of the, the finer, finest minds in the world talking about carbon offset programs and climate change. So That's 20th of July. 20, uh, 28th of, of June. 28th of June. And I'll, okay. I'll forward you the invite. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Sure. And we appreciate you being on the program today. My guest today has been Keely Walks of uh, PG&E. He's the Environmental Communications Manager. Uh, really sincerely appreciated the information you gave. It was a chock full of info, and I hope that it helps people learn about uh, energy efficiency and solar, both inside of California and out. I likewise appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk about it, and, uh, and thanks for your uh, for your very thoughtful questions. Okay. And we'll definitely want to have you back again sometime if you're if you're interested. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.